What's up, everyone? It's your host, DJ Hamilton, and welcome back to the DJ Sports Show. Man, I know it's been a while since I released an episode, and it's, I've been going through a lot in life. Last two weeks, my car my car broke down on the highway, and I was on the left side of the highway, and I had to put a cone behind my car and put my hazard light on. And Because I, I tried putting um, converter, cataclean, like the dealer told me, and AutoZone, and then it made my engine like stop working. So that really got me heated, ladies and gentlemen, because this is my podcast, my platform. I want to tell you what's been going on in my life. And that caused my ad to get towed once again. So that's like the second time in a month my car broke down. This time it was the dealer's fault because I remember August 14th when I was on my way to work, my car broke down with my VDC off light on and then my steering wheel was tight and I couldn't like I couldn't move like and my battery light was on, my car wouldn't accelerate, and I had to go to the nearest parking place to wait for a tow truck. So that was in August 14th. And then like three weeks later, Cataclean, that's supposed to clean my converter because I need a new converter, and converters are not cheap, ladies and gentlemen. But anybody who has a car should know, converters are thousands of dollars to get the part and to get the labor done. That's like 2,500 minimum. And I have a 2006 Infiniti G35X, so only imagine how much that costs. That's like 2,500 minimum or 2,600. And I don't really want to bother getting it because it's so much. But and then so I haven't had a quiet place to really record anywhere. Like I've and I've been working a lot. And my mom's been bringing me um, when I when I didn't have my car. My mom brought me home. My older brother would bring me to work or I had to call a taxi. So I've been the last two weeks. I didn't get get a, I didn't have a chance to record. So that's why it's been so delayed with the podcast. Cause I don't have a quiet place in my home, my own room to myself where I can record. So it kind of sucks. So if I don't have my car, I have like nowhere to record. And, and there's like no quiet place. Even if I go in the little backyard in my house, like the little small place we have, it's loud with cars and trucks driving by. So I have like no quiet place. So it's like, and I work Monday through Friday, nine to five. So I have, when there's no, whenever I'm home, there's always somebody in the house. It's not like before when I was working at Walmart where I was, I had Friday off, so I had at least a day during the week where there was like nobody home where I could really record. So anyone who understands, they would, they know what I mean, especially for you content creators, out, other content creators out there. So it's just, this has been a lot. And I feel like the world is like coming to an end. Like, I feel like not a lot of good things have happened to me lately. I feel like I don't have good luck. And I've been trying to get a, a job in the sports field and media and the rejections like I've been trying over the last year now, and it's just really hard. I work at Medwest Pharmacy right now. I don't want to be there that long, but I'm doing it for the time being. But yeah, that's what's been going on in my life, ladies and gentlemen. That's why I haven't been able to record for so long, and I've been working overtime as well because they offer they have overtime hours as much as you want at this job. So I've been doing that, trying to save up, rack up money, all the money I've lost, and then I have to get a converter too. So. It's just cars are too much. They're, they're a headache. They cost you too much money. It's just annoying. But hey, you need them to get to place, right? So get to places. So it's just been a lot. But um, coming up on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about the NBA's potential change for the age limit. They might change it from 19 to 18 to let high school players come back. So that's something I want to get into because they just released that earlier this week. I also want to talk about Imani Bates, man. Man, this guy was so highly coveted coming out when he was in high school. Number one ranked player. Everybody wanted him. All the scouts were drooling over him. A lot of people and pundits in the media, they were saying this guy is the best prospect regardless of class when he was in high school. And now this guy, Memphis didn't work out. The, the way he was brought up in the AAU system, 
playing for his dad instead of playing for a regular coach that would hold hold him accountable for his mistakes or his shot selection because he didn't have good shot selection coming out of high school or in, during his high school years and and playing hard on defense things like that and it's really showing now like it really hurt him long term for his development and it showed in college he played with a bad back as well and then he had to transfer to eastern michigan because memphis didn't work out playing for penny hardaway and now his draft stock has plummeted he he was highly touted to be a top three pick in whatever draft he came out he's about to be a top three pick in this next year's draft 2023 that's coming next year now and he's not even projected to be a first round pick anymore more like a second round pick or not even drafted so it's like a really sad story so and i also want to talk about robert sarber having to sell the Suns after being suspended for a year and find 10 million dollars so it's going to be mainly a basketball podcast because I haven't really gotten the chance to really focus on football, like really just focus and watch some games. So I don't really want to dive into a topic where I don't really know much about, but I um, hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Sorry for dwelling on my life, but I had the, it's my platform. So I want to talk about that. And yeah, let's get, let's get into some sports, ladies and gentlemen, let's do it. First thing I want to get into is Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver saying he's starting the process to sell the Phoenix Suns and the WNBA's Phoenix Mercury. He announced on Wednesday and anybody who has been following the NBA or follow sports who doesn't know Robert Sarver, this is a white owner who has been really criticized and many statements by many former employees of his that he is a racist. He has said inappropriate things to his employees such as the n-word and to women as well he has touched women like he a, a misogynistic type guy racism like it's just not a good work environment around him and he has created that type of culture in phoenix and the nba suspended him for a year and find him 10 million dollars which is a slap on the wrist for somebody who's a billionaire i think it should have been harsher punishment but the league and the owners the owners around the league have kind of come together and saying this guy needs to sell the team. And even the minority owner, I don't know his name, but he even said, Sarber, what's best for the league and for the NBA is for you to sell the team. And that's what he's basically trying to do now. He said in a statement on Wednesday, as a man of faith, I believe in atonement and the path to forgiveness. I expected that the commissioner's one-year suspension would provide the time for me to focus, make amends, and remove my personal controversy from the teams that I and so many fans love. But in our current unforgiving climate, it has become painfully clear that this is no longer possible. That whatever good I have done or could still do is outweighed by things I have said in the past. For those reasons, I am beginning the process of seeking buyers for the Suns and Mercury. And NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said he fully supports the decision by Sarver to sell the teams. This is the right next step for the organization and community, he stated. So, and even... Sarver was accused of using the N-word at least five times, and he even admitted to it. So it's not even just accusations. He he admitted to it, so it's true. 
when recounting the statements of others. He was involved in instances of inequitable conduct toward female employees, including sex-related comments and inappropriate comments on employees' appearances. He also wrote in a statement, words that I deeply regret now overshadow nearly two decades of building organizations that brought people together and strengthened the Phoenix area through the unifying power of professional men's and, men's and women's basketball. Sauber bought the teams in July 2004 for about $400 million, with approximately one-third of the stake. He's not the lone owner, but he is the primary one. Forbes recently estimated the value of the Suns at $1.8 billion, and even though Sauber does not own the Suns in full, Sources told ESPN that he has the authority as managing partner to sell the team in full. So he won't sell one half of the team or one third or a quarter of the team. He'll be selling the full 100% of the profits to whatever owner has enough revenue to buy the team and run the team. And so there was other sources going on that a new owner or ownership group could ask that a member or members of the current ownership group remain on board, but that remains to be seen. Sauber's partners, for their part, issued a statement later in the day applauding his decision to sell the Suns and Mercury, calling it the best interest of the organization and community. An NBA commission investigation in November of last year. I remember doing it on a podcast episode talking about the investigation when it, when it just got reported. So I remember this. It feels like just yesterday. The allegations of racism and mis misogynistic behavior during his 17 years as owner. A current Sun staffer told ESPN, quote, I am pleased to know that while Robert initially was not genuinely remorseful for his actions, it does bring me comfort to know that he was able to put the organization and city before his own needs and desires to step aside so that we can begin to move forward without the hurt and anguish that was tied to his leadership. Another staffer, staffer stated who participated in the investigation stated, I'm relieved, I'm beyond happy, I'm empowered, and I'm motivated to continue to ensure that all the men in that organization still in power who upheld his, this culture are rooted out. And since the investigation was announced, NBA stars such as LeBron James, Chris Paul, and Jamon Green have spoken out and said the NBA's punishment wasn't severe enough. Before even Sarver stated that he was going to sell the teams, and LeBron tweeted, I'm so proud to be a part of the league, part of the league committed to progress after Sarver was announced to sell the team. But and then LeBron also had statements earlier this week saying the league's um, punishment towards Sarver wasn't enough. But that was before he made his comments about selling the organizations. Um, National Basketball Players Association president C.J. McCollum stated, we thank Mr. Sarver for making a swift decision that was in the best interest of our sports community. So this is a very controversial situation that's been going on in Phoenix for over a decade and a half with, the, with him at the helm. And Chris Paul even said when that the punishment came out for Robert Sarver that he did not agree with the answer, with the punishment that the league placed on him. But I know he's happy to see him sell the team. And Chris Paul and Devin Booker, they're the stars of the team. The team, if the if the star players of the NBA or the whole organization or the NBA in general want to sit out the games. Because say Robert Sarver didn't want to sell the team. The players have the power because they're the ones who bring in the money. They're the ones the media is buying these games for so they can, people around the world can see them play. If they decide to not play, because imagine Sarver didn't sell, sell the team, that would make the owners around the league, the executives around the league, have to vote him out. Because at first, it didn't seem like that was going to happen. Because Sarver's 
because you know owners when you have a lot of money something that's bringing you a lot of money you don't want to give that that product up that's your that's your product that's what's making you money that's your business but to see him willingly just give it up i i think that's good a right step and the right step forward but i think this is a good thing for the nba because if, if if this didn't happen if he wasn't so willingly um going to give up the team then that that would do that would cause a lot more controversy and make the things a lot more difficult and it made adam silver jo- silver's job easier to see him give up the team and, and looking for a new owner to buy the team so there's a lot going on with this um training camps are about to start in like what a few days next week i think starting next week cuz preseason starts early october so pre so training camp is starting this week and the next week so teams are ready with each other getting in shape um doing five on five scrimmages and when you're in the suns a team that's competing for a title because you guys have a title contender you have chris paul devin Booker, deandre and Mikel bridges who's an elite defender like you have your your core four and your other great role players around the team you're still a championship contender it's still a team who's vying to win a championship you don't want distractions you want you want a team that's focused doesn't have any outside distractions going on, and you just want to be able to play basketball and gain continuity going for the season. So we'll see what happens with the situation. I want to know who's going to be the next owner. I guess a minority owner will be the main owner until Sarver gives up the team. But until then, we'll have to wait until further details come out and that situation continues to unfold. So we'll see what happens, and hopefully it's a swift move for the Phoenix Suns organization. Continuing on with NBA news, it was reported by senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski that Boston Celtics head coach Ime Udoka is facing a season-long suspension due to having an inappropriate relationship with a staff member on the Boston Celtics organization. This is a man who's married to Nia Long. He had an affair with a staff member. First of all, how do you cheat on Nia Long, man? Come on. She is gorgeous, first of all. She is a beautiful woman. How do you cheat on her? And then how are you going to do it with someone? How you cheat? I don't know how you cheat in general, period. But how are you going to do it with someone who's, who's, a, who's a co-worker of yours? That's just not right. So he will be facing a suspension for the entire season. For his role in an intimate relationship with a female member of the franchise's staff, Schultz told ESPN on Thursday, it is considered a violation of the organization's guidelines and the proposed penalty for Yudoka is largely unprecedented for a sitting head coach in the NBA. And this is this is bad news for the Celtics because it's a team that just went to the finals. And they were trying to build upon that. And see where they can go this season. And now they have this they have to deal with. Their, their head coach that led them to the finals won't be there on the sidelines for the 82-game season and in the postseason. Assistant head coach Joe Mazzola is likely to become the Boston's interim head coach for the season. And Yudoka's top assistant coach, Will Hardy, left the team in June to become the head coach of the Utah Jazz. Yudoka joined the Celtics last summer after spending time as assistant coach with the San Antonio Spurs, Philadelphia 76ers, and Brooklyn Nets during his following his NBA career. And he replaced Brad Stevens as the head coach when Stevens moved to upstairs to be Boston's president of basketball operations. In his first season as coach, Yudoka oversaw a remarkable turnaround in Boston. This is a Celtics team that went from being under 500 in late January to closing the season with a 28-7 record over their final 35 games. They they then had an incredible postseason run 
through the Eastern Conference playoffs, advanced to the NBA Finals for the first time in 12 years, eventually losing to the Warriors in six games, but it was still an incredible run nonetheless. He is the fifth coach in the past 25 years to reach the NBA Finals in his first season as a head coach and the first since Nick Nurse did it in 2019. He also, according to ESPN Stats and Information, became the first rookie coach to win multiple Game 7s in his first postseason when he led Boston to victories over the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference Semifinals and the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals in seven games before Boston lost to the Golden State Warriors in six games in the NBA Finals. Ime Udoka, man. Why? I don't know what what motives people have or to act with their actions like why do you guys do these things why are you having an affair with a woman on, on your staff when you have a beautiful wife sitting for you at home why why are you doing and you have kids too now this causes not just friction and controversy at your job but also at home these are things like people i don't know what people be thinking sometimes man this is not okay like be loyal to your partner this is stuff. This could have easily been avoided. You didn't, and you cost yourself a whole season worth of coaching to gain even more chemistry with your team, learn players' tendencies, put guys in the right spots. This is gonna, you're gonna lose a whole year of that now. And the Celtics now, I don't know how Joe Muzola. I don't know who he is. I don't know how good of a coach he is. We'll see what happens this season. But I feel like the Celtics, they might take a hit, man. They really might, because Udoka, he. I think he helped elevate Tatum to a new level. I know Tatum puts in the work and all that, but I think he really helped elevate this Boston Celtics team to a new level. And I wanted to see where they're gonna they were gonna go this season following off their NBA Finals loss. I was gonna see what mistakes did they learn from from the NBA Finals. Will Tatum clean up his turnover act? Can Jalen Brown did he clean up his ball handling? Because he he needs to get his handles right. Marcus Smart will continue. Will him, Tatum, and Brown continue to step up their leadership role? Like, I wanted to see what next steps they took to try to win a championship because the East got even harder. And it was already hard enough last season. With Donovan Mitchell now being in Cleveland, Cleveland got better. Brooklyn got Ben Simmons now, Kyrie and Katie all coming back. I want to see what they look like when they're all playing together. Milwaukee, they got Chris Middleton back healthy. Giannis ain't going anywhere, he's only getting better. And they added Joe Ingles, a shooter and a playmaker on their team. So, like, the East got better, man. And it's going to be tough. Sixers, James Harden, he's coming back in shape. John Beasley, you know, is going to come back better. They added the Anthony Melton to come off their bench, who was their backup point guard for Memphis Grizzlies last season behind John Morant. And they got P.J. Tucker in Philadelphia now. He, bring, he provides toughness and corner three-point shooting. So, Philly got better as well, especially off the bench. They got a little bit more depth now. So you got Philly, you got Milwaukee, you got Brooklyn. You also got the Hawks. The Hawks got DeJounte Murray in the trade. And let me not forget him. That backcourt, him and Trey Young is going to be dynamic. So you, you got a lot of teams that have really gotten better in the East. Miami Heat, I don't think they got better, but they're still going to be a, a viable player in the Eastern Conference. Like the East is deep. Six, seven teams, eight teams that are playoff type teams. The Pistons, I feel like should take a next step. This season, we'll see how Kid Cunningham develops, and if Jaden Ivey's an instant impact rookie. So I think the East is like eight, nine teams deep, and the West, West being healthier now this season with Kawhi Leonard, the West is going to be better this season too. But 
man, Emi Udoka, what, why? That's all I got to say. So, Boston Celtics fans, I know it hurts seeing this. Like, I know you guys were excited for your season. Your sec, he's gonna be. In, he was gonna be in the second season as a head coach, team to gain more chemistry and learn more of his of the, his players' games and where they like to be put on the floor, like their spots. And I wanted to see how they would elevate this season, but now we're gonna have to wait a whole till next till next season now to see that happen. And that's if the Boston Celtics owner and basketball operations and corporate business decide to give Yudoka another chance at opportunity of being a head coach in the NBA. And hopefully Missoula is a good coach. He can put Tatum and Brown in positions to succeed. But if not, the Celtics might take a hit this season. I don't, I don't think they're going to be a top two seed in the East anymore. I think they'll probably be in the, the four to five range. I th- I, th- I still think they're going to be a, a dynamic powerhouse in the East, but I don't think they're going to be top two in the East anymore. I think they'll be third or fourth. I got them as low as four because I still think they got a lot of great talent. Tatum and Brown are continuing to get better every single year, and they still have a really deep team. So we'll see what happens with the Boston Celtics this season. And it's just really unfortunate news to hear this report of Ime Udoka cheating on his wife. And it's also disappointing that the Boston Celtics, as a corporate business, instead of they should not only hold the Udoka responsible for his actions and give him consequences but they should also hold the female staffer who participated in those inappropriate types of behavior that their contracts clearly stated that is a violation of company policy that she should be put at the forefront as well her name in the news cycle in the media the way yudoka is again publicized criticized for his actions in the incident so that's just my opinion and Stephen a smith you listen to first take he said the same thing they both should be penalized and punished for their type of behavior so we'll see what happens yoka i don't think he'll ever get his job back and we don't we don't we won't know who that female staffer is because the boston Celtics organization has been very tight-lipped on the matter if they were going to be tight-lipped they shouldn't have even announced the situation should have kept it private with an organization guidelines and left it at that but we'll see what happens in the next month or so or throughout the course of the year and hopefully things get resolved We're going to take a quick break, ladies and gentlemen, but coming back from the break, I'm going to talk about the NBA's potential change to the NBA draft age limit. Man, that could, that could be a lot of drastic changes around the association. So we're going to get into that. And I want to get into Armani Bates as well as I talk about the potential NBA draft age limit change. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere as we'll be right back. In the last year, we've learned a lot. We've learned that meatloaf and Jenga can be more fun than reservations and box seats. That who's around your TV is more important than how big it is. That cars aren't for showing how far we've come, but for taking us where we want to go. We've learned that the best things in life don't cost much. And at Allstate, they don't cost much to protect. So protect them. Put them in good hands. So there was a report earlier this week that the NBA and the National Basketball Players Association have been in discussions for a new CBA that could potentially allow prep to pro players again, 18-year-olds, to enter the NBA and change the age limit from 19 to 18. That could vastly change the NBA because NBA has been doing the one-and-done rule now since, what, 2007? So, yeah, I think 2007 or 2006, one of those years, 
It's been like 15 years of this one and done rule. Having the top prospects have forced them to have to play one year of college at least at a top tier program, and then they're off their way to the NBA. That could change a lot of things. And the NBA, you know, Adam Silver's in favor now of trying to allow 18-year-olds to come back into the NBA. Because I remember a few years back when he first became commissioner that he wanted to actually raise the age limit to 20 because he didn't think a lot of the young players were ready for the NBA. But now seeing, I guess, I don't know what's changed his mind, but I guess seeing some of the top young talent in the NBA over the last couple of years come into the NBA right away make, and making a name for themselves, making noise, and bringing a lot of excitement and more talent to the league, such as John Moran, Luka Doncic, Zion Williamson, Trey Young, like the list goes on and on, Melo Ball. I guess he wants to bring in guys even younger, 18, to have a chance to make a living. And the first guy to report this was the Athletics NBA insider, Sam Sarina, who reported this on Twitter. And this could happen as soon as 2024. So it will not happen next year. So guys who are in high school in 2023 will not be able to come out of high school. It will happen as soon as the high school class of 2024. Well, those guys will potentially be able to come out of high school. But but first, the CBA, the Play Association and NBA, they will have to make an agreement and sign off on it for this to actually go and actually become a reality. So this could this could change the whole landscape of basketball, man. This will definitely hurt college basketball because you won't be having top flight on prospects and recruits going to college anymore. They'll be going straight to the NBA like they used to. Like, imagine Zion Williamson if he didn't go to Duke. That would have hurt that. He was literally college basketball in 2018-19. He was the talk of college basketball. He brought in billions of dollars of revenue to the NCAA. And, I mean, it did help his brand, too, because more people got to see him play on national television in front of a national audience, and it helped build his brand up and help, help him get these shoe deals I'm sure he could have got those at, at a high school as well, but still, like it helped his brand as well. I, I feel like it helps benefit the players and the college programs. But Zion Williamson, but now things have changed over the last year or two, and and um, college athletes, and even if you're in high school, you can make money off your name now, your name, image, and likeness. It has, still has its rules, but you, you could sign autographs for money. You can sell. Um, Bitcoin or whatever, do crypto and stuff. You could do all those type of things to make money for yourself, to provide for yourself. And you could sign multi, you could sign deals for certain companies or if you want advertisers, they want to market you and you want you can make money from that to help provide for yourself and your family. You can do that from a young age and it won't affect your eligibility to play. And NTAA changed that rule from like a year or two ago because they, they seen, they've seen how this is hurting them especially in college basketball. They're seeing how some of these top guys over the last few years have ditched the college basketball route. The LaMelo Ball, he he ditched the college basketball route because he signed this deal, Big Bowler brand or something like that. I think it was Big Bowler brand. And he got all this money. And then, because he, he was going to go to UCLA like his brother, Lonzo Ball, and that hurt his chances of being eligible to play college basketball. And that made him ineligible. So that, that definitely hurt him. That's just one example. 2021, Jalen Green, he skipped college because he was going to go to Auburn, he said. But he wanted to go play for the G League at night to get more ready for the NBA. Jonathan Kaminga as well. He skipped college to go play in the G League at night to get one year of pro experience. Scoot Henderson, 
He is in the second year of G League tonight. He's meant to be a top two pick in this 2023 NBA draft. The electrifying 6'3 point guard who's been compared to Russell Westbrook and Derrick Rose. This guy left high school early from his junior year. He's the first guy to ever leave that early to go play professionally, to focus on his game and to get better and prepare for the NBA two years ahead of time. And he's making money, getting endorsement deals, everything. And it's benefiting him. So that's, that's I mean, it's going to hurt college basketball because you have all the, I mean, I feel like college basketball is already getting hurt because you have all these different routes to get to the NBA. You can play overseas in the NBL. You can play in the EuroLeague. You can go to the G League route. You can even have the overtime elite now. You got the Amen and Asa Thompson, the Thompson twins, who projected to be top five, six picks in this year's NBA draft, whose scouts are buzzing about with their freakish athleticism and physical tools. And, like, those guys, they, they could have went to college for as well, but they decided not to. They wanted to do try the overtime elite, which is another gateway to the NBA. So the reduced age limit, I mean, it comes with risk. I mean, you still have your great players, the LeBron James, the Kobe Bryants, the Kevin Garnetts, Tracy McGrady's, Amari Stoudemire's of the world, like who came out of high school and dominated the NBA landscape. The Dwight Howard's. Can't forget Dwight Howard. Like those guys came from high school to the pros. Moses Malone too, and became NBA legends, all-time greats, Hall of Famers. So there, there is like, I'm I'm for it, but at the same time, there is argument against it. Like if you're for it, you're like okay, you get you give these kids an opportunity to come straight out of high school to make a living for themselves and provide for their families instead of forcing them to go the college route. Because if you, because some kids they don't want to go to college, they just want to play their sport, play play ball, you know, make money right away. But then other kids, they want to go to college. So give them that freedom to do what they want, I think is a good sign and good look for the NBA. And kids are already dealing with a lot of pressure nowadays. I feel like kids have a better feel of how to deal with pressure because we've been growing up in the social media age and they're already in so much hype from a young age. So I feel like kids are better built to deal with that type of pressure than they were 20 years ago, 50, even 15 years ago. So it's like a different type of time. Kids deal with that type of pressure from young age. And then, but then there's argument against it. There's always going to, for every LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, T-Mac, Kevin Garnett, Dwight Howard, there's a Kwame Brown, there's a Sebastian Telfair, there's a Lenny Cook. There's guys that don't pan out that, you know, and they don't have an education to fall back on. And they're considered disappointments or bust, quote unquote, by people in the media or fans and stuff like that and it's just disappointing to see that because not for all those great players that we've seen come out of high school there's always been there's been more bust than there's been great players and this yeah that's just the way it goes not everybody's gonna pan out scouting is an inexact science it really is and it comes in that goes for all sports as great as a kid can look in high school he's like the next great thing like the next future face of the league injuries happen um, his game, maybe he doesn't work on his game hard enough or he's just not put in the right situation. It comes down to those three things. You got to have injury luck. That's one. You got to have the work ethic to be great. That's two. And you got to be put in the right situation to maximize your talents. And an organization and coaching staff that's going to help put you in the best position to succeed. So those are things I'm looking at in this new age limit. Like Ben Simmons, if he could have gone straight out of high school, he would have. Andrew Wiggins, same thing. What I wanted to get into as well, speaking of high school age limit, Imani Bates, man. 
Like, look how going to college has affected him and his draft stock. This guy, Imani Bates, for those of you who don't know him, from 15 years old, he was in cover of Sports Illustrated. Is like he was being compared to Kevin Durant, a taller Steph Curry. He is he. There was people were saying he's the next face of the league at 15. He had that much pressure on him, and a lot of scouts were saying this guy can be the best. He's gonna be the best. He's the best player regardless of class, and, and that's over guys like Jalen Green, Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, Anthony Edwards when he was in high school. Like he he was ahead of all those guys. A lot of scouts were saying. Yeah, he he's next. Like he's gonna be the best out of all these guys, and those all those guys I just named, other than him, are young, some of the best young stars in the NBA. And he was ahead of Kate Cunningham as well. And now that and then now that he went to Memphis, played under Penny Hardaway, and he the hype didn't match the production didn't match the hype. He only averaged like what nine points per game or something like that. He didn't get much playing time at Memphis. He had a bad back. His his stock plummeted. And it's and then now he transferred to Eastern Michigan to try to get a fresh start and really show what he can do. And now he got arrested for a gun charge. I mean, it's not his car. He it's been claimed by his lawyer that it's somebody else's car. It was a misunderstanding. But now he's suspended for from the team until until these until the allegations get cleaned up. And it's just so much. It's just sad. Like, this guy is a hardworking kid. And to see how the fall, man, like, the media built him up. So much pressure. Sports Illustrated, so many scouts, media members. And now to see, and then when he doesn't live to the hype, it's like, it's just, just, they just destroy him. And he was reckoned to be a top three pick in this 2023 draft. Like, some... Like even like some people even had him ahead of Victor Wembanyama a few years back. When I look, when I used to look at twenty twenty three NBA mock draft like a year or two ago, some people had him ahead of Victor Wembanyama or or number two overall. But then scouts started catching on, watching his high school games, watching him even more closely, and they saw his poor shot selection. That he's not really a true playmaker. He has short arms. For a six eight six nine guy, he has a short wingspan. He's not an elite athlete, and that that really caused his stock to drop along with his lack of elite level production. And it just it's just sad to see like like imagine him like the NBA allowed from straight to high school to pros that we're talking about. He could have been he would have been a top three pick, no debate, because the the type of numbers he was put up in high school and the hype that he had, the star power. He would have been easily a top three pick in whatever draft he, he came out. He was class 2022. He would have been easily a top three pick. And his stock, his stock wouldn't have been like hurt at, at all playing college basketball. He wouldn't have been exposed. And it's just it's just sad to see, man. But yeah, like the NBA age limit, like Imani Bates is a prime example of the age limit. If this could have helped this guy, if it was if it was allowed, like like that, he's one example. Who's another guy I feel like could it could have helped? Money Bates is one. I also feel like it could have helped. Is this player a few years back, his stock plummeted from playing another year of college. Alex Poitras, 2012. I remember, yeah, he was he was class 2012, and then he was projected to be a lottery pick in 2013. His stock fell hard in college because he couldn't create off the dribble for himself. His jump shot had a lot to be left a lot to be desired. 
and but he was considered a man amongst boys in high school. That just shows you there's levels to this. You could be a great player in high school, play against elite competition in college D1, but the NBA is a whole different level. And some guys even they dominate high school, but then they're not as good or as dominant in college because there's jumps to the level of competition. But um, yeah, but for every Kobe and and uh, LeBron, KG, McGrady. It's your Kwame Browns, it's your Sebastian Telfair, it's your Lenny Cooks. It's just it's just your Eddie Curry's. Like it's it's an it's an inexact science when it comes to this. But with the NBA age limit, man, I mean, I feel like there there's pros to it, because imagine you get a talent like Victor Wimbayama, who who's on the NBA horizon, but then he has to wait till he's nineteen. Instead of waiting till he's nineteen, you can get him a year sooner. Which is gonna help your league even get get more talent. You know what I mean. So I see the pros in it, but then the, art, the cons against it. A lot of high school kids are gonna think they're ready for the NBA, but in reality, they're really not. And then they're gonna have no education to fall back on, and it's just gonna hurt them. So what I like to see the NBA do is allow. If you're gonna allow 18 year olds to come in the NBA again, but if they don't get drafted, I'll get college and NCAA to come with agreement. To let these kids, if they don't get drafted, still have the ability to play in G League or in college if they don't get drafted. So that way they can help their stock again and they can still, if they want to get a college education, they can. Or if they want to go the pro route and play overseas or G League route to develop another year or two before trying to enter the draft again, they have the opportunity. So that's something I want to see the NBA try to do, like... You're a wiser league now. You're smarter than you were in the 90s, 2000s, and 80s. You know you know the pros and cons of this. You know it now. You've had experience with it in the past. You know what to do now. So I want to see them take that type of direction. But yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I'm interested to see what the CBA, the NBA Player Association, and the NBA ultimately come up with. At the end of the day, if they allow 18-year-olds to come out again, I'm I'm okay with it. But if they keep the one-and-done rule, I'm okay with that, too, because then we at least get to see the top recruits play at the national level, on the on the collegiate level, play national televised games that millions of people get to watch. So people, more people get to know your name, you get to build a brand for yourself, Come coming into the NBA, especially if you're a top-flight prospect, like on a Zion level or Anthony Davis or LeBron or, or, even, or even a Kay Cunningham or guys like that, you know? So you get like you get to see them on national television more and you get to know them their games more before they even come to the NBA. So I'm all for that. But um yeah. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what the league ultimately does. I don't I don't know when the deadline is for a CBA or or the CBA deal. I think they have until December fifteenth of twenty twenty three to like opt out of the current CBA or come up with a new CBA deal or something something like that. Because if they don't come with a new one by December 15th, I forgot what it was. Um, They have to wait till next summer. Because I know that the NBA is trying to come with a new deal to um, avoid a lockout. That's the last thing you want. Or a strikeout. And the way the NBA is going, the momentum they've been building over the years, the great young talent coming in, and the f- fanfare they have all over the world, they don't want to have that halted or de- um, decrease from that. They want to continue to build the momentum. So... We'll see what happens with the NBA and this age limit stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm for either side, whether they agree to it or not. As long as the minimum is at least 19. If they go, 
there's no way if they can go higher than 19 because then you're blocking out a lot of great talent coming to the league because then that gives them more risk for injury as well. And that's another thing about the one-and-done rule. Like, you force the kids to go play college, but then what if they get hurt? So that's another con of forcing players to go play one year in college. So that's, that's there's a lot of factors that go into it, but ultimately see what happens when they once the NBA and NBA PA come up with a decision. But that's going to do it for the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. Your boy's a little rusty. It's been a little while. I already told you right in the introduction. So please bear with me. Um, I want to continue to try to sharpen my skills. And it's, yeah, I'm just happy to be able to record again. Because I haven't had a quiet place to record at all. And it's been frustrating me. But I've been consistent with the articles. I've always been consistent with the articles. So I hope you guys continue to enjoy the website. EJSportsShow.com. Make sure you tell your friends, co-workers, family members, whoever likes sports. You name it. I want to continue to try to grow my content. Grow my brand. And I want, want, I want to see everybody's, you know, leave reviews, leave five stars on the podcast. Let me know what I can improve on. Give me constructive criticism. And that's all I ask for. Make sure you guys continue to shout out the podcast and the website. And you can listen to my podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts. And just to spread the word. I want to continue to try to get in the sports media field. And it's going to take a lot of hard work, dedication, but I'm willing to do it. And I've been doing it over these last few years now, continuing to grow my brand. And yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. Uh, I'm going to try to get you guys another episode next week as well. I've just been really busy. It's really hard to really find free time to really record it because I want to do articles as well. So it's like I don't have all the time in the world because I work a lot, too. But I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode and continue to shout out the podcast and shout out the website. I hope you guys... Have a great day, and I'll see y'all next time. Peace.